I'm Tanya J. Powers for Fox News Radio. Today I'm spending a few moments with Marty Stewart, country legend, Grammy winner. I mean, we could go on and on with oh, that. Oh, please do. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tanya. Hi. Nice to be on your show. I'm, I'm really glad that you came by to talk today because I know that uh, you got a new album out. And I want to discuss that your band, which is, is amazing, The Superlatives. Sure. Got to hear y'all play a couple of years ago. Let's start with the album, Way Out West. It's... And, and I've got a vinyl copy in How front about of that? me. That, this is the coolest thing ever. You actually got this out in vinyl, and, it, and it's, it's already out, right? It is. It's been out about a month. I love vinyl, I, and I think there's a, there's a whole new audience out there for vinyl, as you know. But uh, my first records, uh, my, my first uh, purchases when I was a kid was vinyl. And I loved I to put the record in my hand on the album cover and look at the artwork, and it was almost as if I had an original piece of art to hang on the wall in the bedroom or something. So I just love the size of it all you know it's just it's pretty there's something about putting the needle on the record and hearing the little hearing bacon the, frying the, yeah it? <laughs> right there's just something about that it's just so authentic absolutely um what give, give me kind of an overview of of what your what this record is because it's a little more it's got a cowboy tinge to it, it well really way has. out west is my love letter to to the american west as a band we were sitting around riffing one day on, well, we need to make another record. So we started talking about things that inspired us that came from out west. You know, I was raised in the south, and Kenny Vaughn, the guitar player, was raised in Denver, and Harry and Chris, the other two guys, were raised in Nashville. So from my time, you know, when I was inspired, I said, well, I love the Batmobile, and I love Morticia Adams and Fender guitars, and Kenny said, you know, Sunset Strip and Go Go Girls. We just we went on for ten minutes. But when we settled on the music, we we all realized what we love so much about that part of the world is the music that was inspired from there. And uh, so with all that in mind, I thought, well, it doesn't need to be a Bakersfield record because everybody's done that. And uh, it doesn't need to be a cowboy record because we're not cowboys. But the Mojave Desert seemed to be like the setting. So it's kind of, Way Out West is kind of a palm tree twangified psychedelic journey through the spirit world of the, the Mojave Desert, you know, with a kind of a country rock and tinge. That just rolls off the tongue, by the way. It's a very cinematic That's, record. It it's really, good. it honestly really is. When you listen to it, it just, it puts you, I don't know, it, you obviously designed it that way, but that's exactly what I could see, you know, when I'm hearing these, these the melodies and the, I mean, the way that they're arranged, the whole nine yards. I mean, how long did it take you guys to work, to work on this and get it all, get it all done? A couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, but it really, there was a song on here called uh, Lost on the Desert. Most of these are original pieces. There's a song called Lost on the Desert that was on the second Johnny Cash album that I ever owned when I was a kid. And I was like six years old. And when the world was into the Beatles, I was into that side of things. But there was a line in that song about, you know, uh, a burning hot sun, a cry for water, black wings circle the sky. I thought, ooh, I love that. And so that stayed with me. So that song goes back to when I was six years old. I've just been carrying it with me. And a wonderful thing, I thought Johnny Cash wrote that song. When I was in, in his band back in the 80s, I asked him you know, about that song. He didn't remember much about it. But I found out that a fellow named Dallas Frazier, who's a song, uh, Nashville songwriter, Hall of Famer, wrote lots of hits. My wife, Connie Smith, has recorded 74 of Dallas's songs so far. Wow. And Lost on the Desert was written by Dallas Frazier and his, buddy, and his friend Buddy Mize when they were in high school. Wow. And it goes that far back, but it holds up as if it were written yesterday. That's that's what I was about to say. Some of these, I mean, it, it and it seamlessly goes with everything else on the album. Sure. That's pretty impressive. I mean, you got you got original stuff that's, you know, more I guess newer. Yeah. And you got this that dates back that far and and it's it is just like it's a nice little seamless sort of thing. It's 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 almost it's like its own little thought. The sure. whole album is. It is. It is. Um 
what you have done so many different kinds of country. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, that's country music. Well, country music has all kinds of, you know, a range, um, all, all kinds of it. What is your favorite kind to do? Because I know you can, you can rock a crowd. Well, traditional country music touches my heart deeper than anything else. And I still, you know, I was in the middle of the Badlands not long ago, and uh, there was a Merle Haggard song came on uh, the radio, and it was called The Way I Am. And it starts, Wish I was down. On some blue bio with a bamboo cane stuck in my hand. But the road I'm on don't seem to go there. So I just dream and keep on being the way I am. And I was like listening to Mark Twain words coming from my friend that I've been missing for about a year now. And I just found myself going, <laughs> but it got me right in the heart. And I thought that's what country music does. It's sincerity. You know, it's, it's three chords and the truth is hard on Howard says. And I think that's the beauty of it. It speaks to the life experience. That And you mentioned Merle, who we lost about a year, just about a year ago. Right. Matter of fact, it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. And in some ways it, it, it just, you know, it's, it still gets you because all the body of work he produced, I mean, we're, you know, our our legends are uh, are, are unfortunately getting up there, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. I mean, for the for people like you, you knew them. I mean, personally, and that's like you said, that's gotta that's gotta really hit you. Well, they were my old professors. They were my old chiefs. Proud. I wouldn't think there was a lot of difference in hanging out with uh, Willie or John R. Cash or Merle than hanging out with Geronimo and Sitting Bull, Red Cloud. You know, there, there's, there's that level of wisdom. You know, there's a been there, done that wisdom, you know, f- that came from those fellows. When you look at the people that you work with, and I want to talk about your band for a minute. You mentioned them, uh, the Fabulous Superlatives and uh, Harry and, and Kenny and Chris. I mean, it's a shame you couldn't find anybody with some, know. You know, with some history to, know, the, to the I whole know. thing. I mean, these guys, uh, I mean, well, especially Kenny and, and Harry. I mean, they've they've been session players for a long time. They've played on so many things. And uh, and Chris is like you know royalty, sure. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yes. as for lack of a better term. How do you how do you do you guys when you said you were you were all kind of, I guess you know coming up with with ideas for the album. Is that how it's built, or is this a, a Marty Stewart joint? And you say, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, it's, it's always an ensemble effort. That band is a very open book, uh, creatively in the superlative band hall. Uh, it helps to have an idea, and usually I come up with an idea or the glimmer of an idea and just kind of put it out on the table, and not long after that we're playing something pertaining to that. That's how that band works. I've, always, I've been in bands since I started my first band when I was nine years old, so I know about band life. And from the first rehearsal, I knew this was a special, a very special, divinely ordered kind of band. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to go to work with him. I produced a Christmas album one time, name drop, name drop, name drop, on <laughs> on Andy Griffith. And you talk about a rock star. Wow. Have put, put Sheriff Taylor in your studio and watch. You have a whole lot of friends you hadn't seen in a long time when they hear about it. They come by to see. But everybody, everybody that came by, they couldn't, they couldn't help themselves. They had to ask about something about the Mayberry days, you know. And Andy was very gracious, and he, he, he would take the time and, you know, answer questions very nicely. And I was determined I was not going to be one of those people. I was not going to go there. <laughs> but I caved in at the at the last day. And I asked, my question to him was, I said, when you had Aunt B and Goober and Gomer and Ernest T. Bass and Opie and, Aunt, you know, all those characters, Floyd the Barber, all those people that we grew up loving, I said, did you know that you know that you had something special on your hands? He said, oh, I couldn't wait to go to work on Monday. I couldn't work. It was never work. We loved each other. 
And I understand that mm-hmm. because that's the way it is with the superlatives. Well, yeah, and like I said, you, I've seen you guys play a couple of years ago. Um, and it is it is a show. Yeah. I mean, I, the I'm last not time so, I checked, we were in show business. I, you know, <laughs> some people get carried away with the business part. But no, it's it's really uh, it is it is the most fun. Uh, it is one of the most fun shows I think I've ever seen. I mean, and it's 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 hard to describe. And if people haven't seen it, you really owe it to yourself to go out and see them because uh, it, it's it's toe tapping. It's fun. It's like going to church. It's it's the whole nine yards. Well, it's uh, we can't believe we're getting away with it. That's the main thing. That's why it's so much fun. <laughs> and you're getting paid for this too. Yeah, sometimes. So, <laughs> um, you've worked with so many legends you mean you mentioned uh, johnny cash and uh, I, I mean that right there would be you know the pinnacle for most people who would you like to work with that you haven't yet steve miller steve miller band is is, is my pal here in, in town in new york and we did an event at the at the met a couple of years back and we have i found steve miller not to be just a, a train riding rock rock and roll legend but he is a great musical citizen and he works deeply with with a lot of people and if I had a contemporary out there that I would say, you know, I, I relate to what that man is doing, I, re, I respect him and I honor him, it was Wynton Marsalis. Because he does for the culture of jazz what I think me and the superlatives try to do, strive to do for the culture of country music. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve has vowed to put me and Wynton Marsalis together to play. And uh, I think he's got word to Wynton. And the first, he says, do you have a song in mind? I said, Absolutely. Jimmy Rogers, the father of country music, uh, the first country music superstar that invented country music, basically, record, did a recording session, and Louis Armstrong and his wife, Lil, played on the session. And I would love to recreate that song with Wynton. Wow. You know, bringing those cultures together, because that's what it's about. It's yeah. about, you know, taking our, our culture. When I was a kid, I remember seeing a, a photograph of Louis Armstrong, I think on the cover, maybe Life magazine, mm-hmm. in a tuxedo in front of the pyramids playing his horn. And I thought, he is the ambassador of jazz. And so I think that's what Winton is these days. And uh, that's what me and the superlatives, you know, we, that's what we trot ourselves out there. Maybe self-appointed, but that's what I love doing for country music. You are the, uh, the pride of Philadelphia, Mississippi. I love my town. And uh, you and I share a home state. Where are you from? Ripley. Really? A little further north. First time I ever heard bluegrass music live was played by Winston Akers in Ripley, Mississippi. <laughs> We're probably related if you keep talking. I'm going to tell everybody that regardless. Yeah. I think yeah. that's my new claim to fame. I, I, y'all, I'm, I'm Marty Stewart's cousin. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> um, you heard her say y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't get people up here with my accent very often, so that's why you gotta you gotta stay as long as I can get you here because you know. Do you attend Mississippi knows. Day in Central Park? I did. The last one I got to go to, you played it. Really? Yes. A lot of people from Mississippi. In this A part lot of, of the people world. from yeah. Mississippi. Yeah, that's that's where I got to see you in the uh, in the superlatives play, and it was it was probably. Like I said, it's a little bit of, you know, country music, a little pop, a little going to church, a little everything. Well, and, that's Mississippi uh, right there. Thank you it's very the birthplace much. birthplace exactly. of America's music. And that's why I was going to gonna ask you, growing up in, in a state like that, especially with, you know, you got your Elvis, you got your B.B. King, you got your, you know, I mean, so many musical influences. Was country a given for you? All well, the church or? was a given. Right. Yeah, I think, as you know, down there, it's, it's, it's kind of the, it's, it's the grand stage. I had a very uh, unique listening experience in, in our radio station, WHOC, 1490 on your radio dial, 1,000 watts of pure pleasure. <laughs> Mr. Howard Cole was a, a radio visionary in, in the late 1940s that went on the air. The station's still on the air. 
And they signed on with country music, and then they did the farm report, and then at noon they did an hour of southern gospel music, and then the afternoon was rock and roll and top 40, and late afternoon was soul. Wow. And uh, they closed off the day with easy listening and classical music, and I thought everybody had a radio station like that. I was a sponge. And I loved every bit of that, but it was country music that touched my heart the most. Mm-hmm. I dearly loved the stories and, and the songs. And so it was country music that got me the deepest. But I, I feel like every bit of it's a part of me. I hesitate to ask this, but I'm going to anyway. With the difference in the, the way country has been, I mean, it's morphed, obviously, from Johnny Cash to the 90s, even Travis Tritt. And uh, I mean, and, and I played y'all, I don't know how many times on the radio, uh, it, to now it's quite it's it it morphs it makes a i guess it's making a journey which it always has what do you think about today's country well it's hard to tell a kid that's filling up a stadium you're doing something wrong and there's a grand appeal to to a lot of people i love what i see country music doing i see country stars on red carpets alongside of hollywood celebrities so as far as being a part of a pop culture in mainstream we're there we're there uh, I felt like after a lot of that kind of life, I, it, there came a point in my life I needed to make a decision, and it was the roots of country music, traditional country music. I thought, that never changes. That's untrendable. That never changes. But what do I think of today's country music? I think we have to keep our eye on authenticity, and authenticity, of course, is in the heart of the beholder. But um, I think what, what I said a few minutes back is if you find a song that makes you cry and touches your heart and changes your life and 40 years from that day, because I remember where I was when I heard that song the first time. That's what you want to watch for. Every generation has its heroes. But I think we have to pay attention. Country music has always been a reflection of the culture, and we're a bit more of a homogenized culture in America than ever before. So I don't feel the the working man vibe the blue collar vibe that maybe that, that I once did around country music and that been there done that experience when I first came to the world of country music I was 13 years old I joined Lester Flats band and it was almost you had to bring your culture and you had to bring your self worth and your family whoever you were to the table and you and that's why the world was at that time had Bill Monroe who brought bluegrass from Kentucky or Merle Haggard, the poet of the common man, the man in black or the coal miner's daughter, all those folk heroes because they were a product of their place and their people. And I think we have, that's still important to me. I think, I think that gives, gave it its credibility and its identifying uh, source. And it was, and the roots of country music to me are the empowering force that will allow any trend to live on top of it for a while. Y'all go see this man, make him play Will a Circle Be Unbroken. Yell that from the audience as loud as you can and make him play it. We'll dream up the ghost of Pop Staples. In. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. His new album is called Way Out West. Marty Stewart, thank you for, for coming by and talking Thank to you for having me on your show. I'm Tanya J. Powers. This is Fox News Radio. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.